This program is brought to you by Suffolk University. Please visit us on the web at www.suffolk.edu. I'm Mark Greenbaum. I'm a professor of law at Suffolk University Law School, and I teach in the area of labor and employment law. I wanted to talk today about a Supreme Court decision that was handed down on Tuesday, known as Mayo Foundation versus United States. Now, the issue in Mayo was whether or not residents who worked at a teaching hospital for more than 40 hours a week should be deemed students or employees. The reason that the answer was critical was that as students, their wages were not subject to either Social Security or the Medicare taxes. As employees, they would be subject to both of those taxes. Uh, And the Supreme Court held that under an Internal Revenue Service regulation that provided that people who might be deemed students but who worked more than 40 hours a week would be deemed employees, that in fact the residents and interns were employees and their wages were thus subject to the withholding for Social Security and Medicare. Now you might wonder, what does all of this have to do with labor and employment law? And the answer is a lot. One of the biggest issues in labor and employment law over the last few years is trying to define who is an employee. Most usually the distinction is between employee and independent contractor, but there's also in the case of residents and graduate assistants at universities who perform teaching duties, the difference between employee and student. Now what both of these issues have in common is the fact that by being able to classify an individual as somebody other than an employee, the employer is not subject to Social Security, not subject to FICA, and more critically, their dealings with those people aren't subject to the plethora of labor and employment laws. And so there are a lot of incentives, and even some other ones in terms of workers' comp insurance and unemployment, for an entity like Mayo to get people out from under the employee umbrella. Why I think this case is particularly significant is, one, it does suggest that the Supreme Court is sensitive to the issue of people trying to classify people in ways that lessen the entity's liability. Second, these issues are also now pending before the National Labor Relations Board. When the board was dominated by Democrats during the Clinton administration, the board held in a case known as Boston Medical Center, that interns and residents should be treated as employees. In a later case involving New York University, they held that graduate assistants whose work was primarily teaching in nature should also be deemed employees, even though they were simultaneously students. When the board composition changed under President George W. Bush, the board reconsidered NYU, and in a case known as Brown University, held that, in fact, the graduate assistants should be deemed students and not employees. Just recently, a newly reconstituted board, which once again has a Democratic majority, has granted review in a case, again, involving New York University, to basically reconsider what the Republican board did in the Brown University case. And it seems to me, at the risk of trying to you know, predict how cases will come out, that while the current board would be inclined to go back to what had been 
the Clinton era rule and deem graduate assistants who were teaching to be employees, that in fact the Mayo Foundation case gives them some you know, additional support. And to the extent that the court has now put its imprimatur of approval on government efforts to pierce through labels in order to determine whether somebody is an employee or something else, that it might also have ramifications for both court and NLRB decisions on whether somebody is an employee or an independent contractor. Once again, the board has been split on cases involving Federal Express, overnight transportation, and others of those that have dealt with the questions as to whether their drivers are independent contractors or employees. What's critical, of course, for the board is that if they're independent contractors, or in the case of the graduate assistants, uh, students, they can't organize. If they are employees, they can, in fact, organize. And so it opens up potential whole new areas for the labor movement to organize people that are, quote, working, whatever their formal label. And it really, I, I wanted to bring this up because this continuing issue of whether somebody is an employer or an employee or something else, usually independent contractor or student, is one of the fundamental issues in labor and employment law today. It is, in fact, the opening chapter of the employment law casebook that I use. And because we want to use these podcasts to let those of you who are interested in labor and employment law know what's going on, I thought it would be worthwhile to take this seemingly irrelevant decision and show you what its potential import would be. Residents have always worked long hours. In fact, as a result of some guidelines that have been established, they're actually working fewer hours today than was true many years ago. Where there has been a difference, however, is that as hospitals are trying to reduce the costs of delivering care, they've forced more and more of the primary care down to the interns and residents. Similarly, in the college and the university environment, one of the ways that those educational institutions are trying to leverage their full-time faculty is by putting more and more teaching responsibilities on graduate assistants who, to be fair, are much cheaper than are their professorial counterparts. So while the medical context is itself you know, perhaps unique, they do share in common this notion of the delivery of services being brought down to what had heretofore been more of a student-oriented position. And I think the NLRB in particular has tended to view the intern, resident, graduate assistant cases similarly, I think suggests also their linkage. The interns and residents at UMass Memorial are state employees, but the state employees are now participating in Social Security. So that to the extent that, you know, the, the ruling the Mayo Foundation case is upheld, it will be equally binding on both, you know, state medical schools as well as private medical schools. In terms of their collective bargaining rights, the issues could be different because at UMass, both for the medical school and for the university, the question of whether interns and residents or teaching graduate assistants are employees or students is controlled not by the National Labor Relations Act, but by the Massachusetts Public Sector Bargaining Statute, Chapter 150E. And there, 
what is now the Division of Labor Relations, formerly known as the Labor Relations Commission, has held that they are, in fact, employees. And indeed, the graduate teaching assistants at UMass Amherst are organized and represented by the United Auto Workers. This preceding program was brought to you by Suffolk University. Please visit us on the web at www.suffolk.edu.